the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more of our Monster of the Week campaign. Before we start, let's check in with our scattered heroes as they start to regroup. So you mean to tell me I step away for an afternoon, a single afternoon, and you all did what? Mm. I'm Hugo Rashad. Hello, everyone. I'm Agent Whitaker, and I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Please get me out of here. I didn't think of an intro, and I don't want to be here. <laughs> that was perfect. Everything is under control. If it's not, I'm going to lose my mind. I've got it handled. Nobody panic, okay? Just nobody panic. I'm Raven Eugenia. I would like to be a part of the next mission selection. This doesn't seem like it's going to have any arson or larceny or murder or explosions. <sighs> I'm here to help, and I'm Damian Angelo Edgecrest. Now that I finally have friends, I have decided I'm going to be there for them, whatever they need, whether it's a shoulder to cry on, you know, some good old peppy life advice or having my life force forcibly drained from my body to replenish my friends. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. Really? You're making no effort to get back in my good graces, Damien. First you go after Felicity's life force, and now you're stealing my tagline. I'm here to help. Unless, of course, you're a demon who has recently pissed me off, and then I might punch you in the face. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes dealt with a disappearance. Agent Whitaker having been whisked away by the Willituck Lake Monster to waters far from where everyone else is in Echo Bay. They returned to shore after losing someone on a scientific expedition, which is bad news. And while escaping, Damien had a very interesting interaction with Felicity. And we learned that if he is to apply his life drain on her, strange things happen. This obviously pissed off the angel in the group who saw a demon using malicious magic on a team member as a breach of trust. And our party wound up rather splintered. Whitaker, of course, was picked up by fellow agents Spiegel and Ross, who are on a private personal mission in the British Isles. They have been exploring locations known as the Giant's Causeway and are on their way to Fingal's Cave. But first they took Whitaker to a diner to get dry, get some food in him, recover from the shock of being transported across the continent of North America and then the Atlantic Ocean. However, the comfort was short-lived as Whitaker received a ominous text message from someone he had hoped never to hear from again. Back at Echo Bay, 
Hugo made a new friend and went on a pleasant hike with Danny, the dog squatch child, son of Gary Auburn, Sasquatch, and his partner, Vivian. However, that pleasant afternoon was cut short once news of the events out on the open water reached Hugo, and he rushed back to assist Damien, who had a very fluctuating session in terms of his <laughs> well-being. And Raven, with a very lucky breakthrough, solved the mystery of lake monsters across the world and also discovered where Whitaker is, thanks to hints from Felicity's vision and a call-in assist to Prithi Devon at the Eastie Agency. When Aiden came back to apologize for losing her temper and check in with everyone, she revealed that if the group is able to unlock some of the magic she buried away, that she can probably return to a place she's been before and get Whitaker back. And that's where we left off. What do you all want to do? Where should we pick up? Is it the next morning or are we oh, no. still... That okay. same moment. Damien will, he is going to make amends. Whether Felicity or Aiden is more available. Well, you and Hugo are over by the garbage cans of the campsite. Oh, perfect. Uh, I'm also the, fine opening with that. You've been healed and your other camping friends are back at the tent that you set up. Thank you, Hugo. I think we should probably head back to the tent since it's getting late and we should regroup and figure out our next steps. I really would like to find out exactly what has happened in my absence here. You left out some key things and you said some things in manners that were kind of foreboding. Oh, yeah. Well, people don't like it when I lie. So I skip over a lot of the unnecessary bits. Okay. Okay. But yeah, we should probably head back to the tent and regroup. I'll just position you between Aiden and I, and we'll be good. And at this, Hugo starts rubbing his tattoo just to make sure. Yep, fine. I don't need these teeth anyway. Let's go, Damien. You guys head over to the tent. Felicity, are you more awake now? You've basically napped from, I think we said, 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Yeah. I'm awake, but I'm still, like, chilling. Staying cozy? Yeah. What do you guys have to say about Aiden's suggestion that you might need to perform a ritual? How's that hitting both of our two casters in the tent? It's fine with me. Then something similar before, I guess. My thoughts exactly, yeah. Obviously, it's not the same thing, but... We are not strangers to ritual. Yeah, we've kind of done this before, and it worked. First try. Aiden is looking over all of your other work. It's a little dark, but you have your camp lantern set up in here so she can trace all the... Did you have, like, yarn that you brought to, like, do the little tax in papers thing, or...? I don't know if Raven was literally doing that. I think, uh... I think it was a little bit more of a toned down version where she had like a notebook. I was picturing like a notebook open and she's got all these things scribbled and she's furiously drawing lines to connect the things across the page. So it's still the same vibe, but just camping style with less materials. The energy of frantic office supplies is still there. Yeah, where she's like, and then, and swipes a huge thick line across the page. That means that this is connected. (laughs) I 
like shows it to Aiden and Felicity and like realizes she's holding the book upside down. <laughs> See? Yeah, that all makes sense. So has anyone seen Hugo? Where did he go today? I haven't seen him all day now that you mention it. I could spy on him. Maybe we could just shoot him a text. If he doesn't respond and we get worried, we'll resort to spying. Hugo, are you outside the tent? <laughs> Let me go get my phone outside tent? the tent. I'll be right back. God, imagine if Felicity did spy on him and her view is just the tent. Because <laughs> he's standing outside. So is Felicity starting to exit the tent? Yes. Felicity's so, going to get her phone to text Hugo to ask in, where he is. In response to Damien's question of how do you knock on a tent, he literally just starts to actually knock right on the flap. Hopefully stops before Felicity pops out. <laughs> just bonks around the head a little bit. I'm going to like, found him! I got him, guys. I'm good at this. Good at what? Finding people. We were just looking for you. Now, if only I could do that with uh, Whitaker, that would be simple. Let me try it again. Hang on a second. It's just going to zip the tent back up. (laughs) While while the tent is zipped, Damien turns into a loose approximation of Whitaker. (laughs) He's like, all right, magic. You did it once. Bring Whitaker. And she's going to unzip the tent again. Hello, governor. <laughs> Whitaker! Oi. No, Damien, I know it's you. Isn't it? Uh, Damien doesn't do like perfect uh, replicas yeah. of people's faces, so it's Whitaker's stunt double. <laughs> it just vaguely looks like his nose is all wrong. Yeah. Well, come on in. Come see what uh, Raven's been working on. She's been uh, hard at work. You join everyone in the tent, and we don't have to go over everything you found because. You know that as a meta information. But Raven explains, and you find out, Hugo, that Whitaker is over across the ocean. Aiden will fill you in on the prospect of doing a ritual in order to boost her ability to go get him. Yep, you're right, Raven. You've got this under control. Eh, Yeah, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Good. That means you've got it under control. Okay. So That's how this works. So this ritual, we're, we're doing something to you, Aiden, to give you a boost so you can go like further and get Whitaker? Yeah, you're going to open a door that I shut a long time ago. Is there a reason it was shut? Is it going to be dangerous opening it back up again? I am very motivated to break this thing now. No offense. She glares at Damien doesn't respond to his phrase there but she also takes a while before she answers you raven she says it's not it's not dangerous to do it it's just an indication that things are more dangerous now is it going to be permanent if we open up this door is it going to stay open after you bring whitaker back and is that okay it will stay that way until i decide i don't need it anymore but the way things are going, I probably will. Okay. May I ask a difficult question? I don't think there are any non-difficult questions facing us right now. Yeah. This is mostly coming from the way that life has been for a while. If we succeed in this, is there a way for us to undo it if we need to? 
anything's possible. That's how magic is. I'm excited. Are we going to smash this open, explode this open? What are we opening this door with? You won't be involved. Okay. Um, Even for the brainstorming part of the mission? It's not a mission, Damien. This is the most serious thing that I've done since meeting you all. Quick question. Does Hugo understand the tension that's going on? Like, is it clear that he's, or does he seem confused a day? Because I, I feel like Raven wants to kind of explain what happened. Damien told him. He gets it. Okay. He's okay. probably not showing how much he gets it, but he I, is, he sees it in such a manner that if something was to happen, he would be able to move his head over <laughs> and possibly get in the way. I wasn't sure if he was just like, why are they suddenly this mad at each other? Or if I had forgotten that Damien kind of told him. He he doesn't understand why they're that mad. He understands that they're mad. Cool, cool, cool. I just didn't want him left out of the loop. So I do need to go address these scientists and explorers and prevent them from finding a Loch Ness monster. I definitely think there's things you can do, Damien, to help us out. I understand Aiden not wanting you to have a direct hand in this ritual, but there's things you can do that'll be really helpful, you know, in the scheme of this whole mission. I do want to be a part of the group. I'm not trying to step on any toes. I'm trying to ruffle feathers, but just not anyone in the group's feathers. At this point, you guys hear some footsteps approaching your tent from outside. All right, Felicity's going to go up to the front of the tent. All right. One more time. <laughs> and Whitaker. Frida, just me, Gary. I mean, I'm I, happy um, to see you, Gary, but. You know, happy to see you too, Miss Felicity. Thanks. I was uh, just closing up the office and wanted to make sure that if you were going to move into those cabins tonight, you did. But uh, also extend the invitation if you'd like to come back to my place for a little dinner. Uh, we may be going on a little bit of a trip. Are we? Are you? Well, let me consult with the group. Hang on. And she's going to zip the tent back <laughs> up again. And I mean, I can go with them. He's just standing outside. Week. He kind of scratches his nose. He's like, all right, no rush. So are we going? Or no, Aiden's going to get Whitaker. But she, well, she needs us. Is this happening tonight? Yeah, it's going to take a while. I don't know. It kind of seemed like something that needs a lot of prep. We could move into the cabin tonight and just be a little more secure in where we're sleeping and maybe have dinner with Gary and his family. That seems really nice. It does sound good. I'm sad Whitaker can't be with us for it, but when we get him back, we can just do it again. Did you hear that, Gary? (laughs) I am standing right outside, so I'm not sure why you closed the door on me like that, but yeah, you're welcome anytime. All right, we'll see you tonight. And we'll also take that cabin, please. Okay. Should I leave the keys sort of outside the tent flap? Or do you want to take Oh, I'll come get him. I'll come get him. (laughs) One more time. Whitaker. It's... (laughs) Nope, still me. Here are the keys. (laughs) Uh, He asks, how long do you think it'll be moving up into the cabin? Because uh, if you don't come with me to dinner, then the whole trail, it'll send you all sorts of ways. I'm kind of tucked away, you know, obviously. Don't want mm. people prying, spying on me wife and son. Hey, guys, do you think we could move, like, this stuff now so we don't get lost in the middle of the woods on the way to um to Gary's house? Yeah, I think I think we can pack up. 
We'll do it now. All right. I'm happy to lend a hand. <gasps> that would be very helpful. That would be great. Thank you. Because we, we do have Whitaker's stuff. Yeah, of so course. More... As you're down a fellow, figure I can carry his bags if you need me to. Thank you, Gary. It's very kind of you. Too good to us, Gary. Oh, this is the same courtesy I extend to anybody visiting Echo Bay. Part of being groundskeeper, don't you know? <laughs> All right, let's start packing. So you pack up your supplies, you break down the tent, and get to move into one of the more furnished cabins for renters of the campsite. And unless there's anything anyone wants to do or talk about while you're doing that, we can sort of fast forward right to heading up to Gary's place for dinner. Felicity would like to talk to Aiden. Okay. While we're doing this. And she's going to say, hey, Aiden. Oh, yeah? Listen, so I know, like, you're really mad at Damien right now. And I get it. But I did... Just want to let you know that I did tell him it was okay. He didn't just do it. I said it was fine. That's good to know. I already told Raven. I'm sorry I flew off. That. Oh, no, no, no. No, you're good. Okay. But, um, I did tell, he did ask me before. And he did say it was only going to be a little bit and that I would be okay. And he did try, I think, to keep it only to be a little bit but there's something weird about me and even though he tried to just get a little bit accidentally he got a lot of it and that it was all a misunderstanding she she looks not relieved but you can tell she appreciates you trying to smooth over things between her and Damien I think there's a bit of Felicity doesn't know all the things that Aiden and Damien have talked about and the like promise Aiden made to Damien that if he ever hurt you or anyone else in the group who was human that she would make him pay for it. She's definitely, you know, didn't just outright smite him because of the history they've had together at this point, but it absolutely, I'll say this part in character, as she's picking up her sack of uh, camping gear and, and helping carry stuff, she says, I know he didn't probably mean to hurt you but the fact that he is a demon he's not always going to be in control of what his magic does and you getting hurt like that it was it was my worst fears of having him around absolutely confirmed so we just have to be more careful about him from now on okay i won't let him drain the life from me anymore don't you worry good please don't i won't pinky swear all right, she pinky swears with you. <laughs> you move your stuff. You have a nice little cozy cabin space now. The sleeping area is like bunk beds. So you guys are going to have to <laughs> pick who gets what, which bunk. Top bunk! And she's climbing up. <laughs> <laughs> I picture Felicity yelling that as she like slams the door open for the first time. <laughs> and then just runs across the room. Yeah. Skips right past living room and kitchen right to the bedrooms. <laughs> I wanted to confirm, I wanted Raven to pack up Whitaker's stuff, if no one else did, and just get all his stuff together, pack it up carefully, and then have Gary help them move it. And then she wants to very specifically put Whitaker's stuff on a bed and, like, give him his own space as for when he comes back. Like, this is his space, here's all of his stuff. Like, she's, she's still pretty distraught that he's gone. Damien offered to help multiple times with Whitaker's stuff. No. No, thank you. I, and then... <laughs> 
when she goes once it's all packed up she just like hands it to gary and have him carry it because she's got all of her own stuff but yeah damien's not touching it you notice that gary wave them off he offers to take that and then he goes over and aiden's got like a cooler that she brought or is like part of the group's gear and he's like oh i couldn't handle that puts that then he goes over to hugo and you got like cooking equipment in a pack plus your other camping he's like i got that too and so gary just winds up like mounting up a bunch of stuff that normally would have taken you guys multiple trips but because he's secretly sasquatch he could just carry all of it that's one trip uh, gary that's what we call him one trip gary Uh, (laughs) i think gary has he has a pickup, but unlike Whitaker's, it doesn't have the covering on the back. It's literally just a pickup truck for moving things like leaf bags and lawnmowers, and there's a bunch of tools and things. But he takes some of that out, puts it in a shed near the campsite director's office, and you pile inside, and he drives up a little mountain trail, and you go for a ways through the woods. For the brief 30-minute drive or so that it is, you guys actually get to just experience being in a sort of peaceful forest together. Is anyone sitting in the cab with Gary or did you all sit in back together? I think Raven's sitting in the back if that is an option. I will sit in the cab with Gary. Okay. Me and Gary, we're together. Your affinity for strange folk uh, lands you a seat in front. You probably just yell, shotgun! Yeah. (laughs) So it's the... We're all comfortable being quiet group. Aiden, Raven, and Hugo, and then Damien, who's just going to talk no matter what anybody says. Damien is all over the back. Everyone, I imagine, is sitting calmly. He's hanging off the edge, climbing on top a little bit. Doing all the things you're not supposed to do when you're riding in the back of a pickup. Yes. yes. <laughs> None of the things that Damien is doing should anyone try at home. But we just okay. let him do it because he can't get that badly hurt. Right. So Felicity, in the cab... Gary says, I must say, Miss Felicity, I've, uh, I've never met anyone quite as, uh, well, with an affinity to magic as you. <gasps> Thanks, I've actually been getting that a lot recently. I'd imagine so, yeah, you're, you're not really a, a wizard or a, you know, a druid or anything like that. You're sort I'm of just Felicity. odd and unique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's going to pull out uh, Ghosty. This mm-hmm. is my friend. Oh, nature's fright. Always make fine companions, I've heard. He's a good one. Seems like it. Sturdy, stocky little fellow. Yeah, he's got a little pudge and she's going to tickle his little belly. Ghosty is like wiggling around in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I'd imagine it's been difficult sort of adjusting to the world that we all live in, coming from the human world as you do. Or have you always been like this? Yeah, I've always, I mean, this is just me. Born like this, I stay like this. Hmm. Interesting. And how do your folks take it? Not very well, actually. Thanks for reminding oh. me. Oh, um, I'm so sorry to hear that. So, are we ready to have deep talk, Gary? We're going to have some deep talk. Well, you're so, like, about right... to come over for dinner, so I'd That's say it's true. about that time. That's true. Yeah, right before we left, I showed my mom my magical powers for the first time and she kinda freaked out. Luckily, Aiden came and and diffused the situation. I don't know how much you've talked to Aiden, but you can tell right away from like the second you talk to her, she's good at diffusing situations. She's really a- She's real sweet one, that one. Real sweet, right? But yeah, didn't take it too well. And then I left. 
Well, you know what I say? Space and time can help with things like shock and, and things like that. And I found a parent's life. You worry about your kid all the time. I worry about my boy Danny from the sun up to sundown. And I know he's going to be fine, but you just can't help it, really. And I'd imagine your mom's probably feeling the same way right about now. Only a little more so because there's a thing she doesn't understand happening to you. And that can be... That could be tough to take in all at once. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just thought it would be like a cool thing to show her, you know? Like, I didn't do anything too scary. I could do some pretty freaky things. And all I did was like a simple little thing and she lost her mind. Your mom's probably a very normal person. And yes. the smallest little bit of magic can be a bit freaky if she's not expecting it. I guess that's true. Well, I kind of always assumed that... She saw Ghosty and Tom, so I thought, like, maybe it was normal. Like, she she could do stuff, too, but, um, guess I was wrong. Well, I'd imagine, based on what you're telling me now, that she certainly supports and cares for you deeply. Yes, she's great. Oh, yeah, that's not in question at all, I'd say. But, you know, I, I, I'd ease her into things. Maybe... Maybe don't tell her about how you can do all sorts of freaky stuff like what you did on the boat there. Mm. But, uh, I think she'll come around. You know what they say about us, uh, you know, magical folk? We're a bit shy. So it doesn't surprise me that your little friend there tried to keep himself hidden from everyone but you. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know what I'm gonna do right now? I'm gonna call my mom. Okay. So I take out my phone and I'm gonna call my mom. Rings a couple times. She picks up. Hi, Felicity. How are you? Are you settled in? Yeah, we're camping. That sounds fun. Yeah, say hi to Gary. Hello there, Mrs. Stardbrook. Uh, Gary Auburn here, campgrounds keeper, and uh, we're looking after your daughter and her friends, you know, so no need to worry. Hi, Gary. He's a nice guy. He sounds very friendly. You're hanging out with the groundskeeper? It's a long story. A long story that I don't know if I can tell you right now. This is going a lot worse than I thought it would. I don't know wow. how much of Gary's personal life he would like me to share. He does you a see lot. Gary's to keep doing the like, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't. <laughs> yep. As you stammer on the phone, she interrupts you. Felicity. Yes. Are you safe? Yes. Is that girl Aiden with you? Yes. Are you mad at me? No, I I wasn't mad at you. Are you I a little freaked out? out? Yes. Yeah, that that's Listen, fair. I just found out that you can do magic. That's not normal. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I didn't handle it better, but that... Oh, it's okay. I mean, everyone's kind of talked to me. They explained to me why, why that happened like that and I guess it was I guess that was kind of expected I didn't think about it really you've always been honest and genuine and I love that about you I'm I'm proud of you for that it just it was a lot kiddo it was so much yeah. to just get hit with all at once but I'm I'm okay and I'm glad you're okay and I hope you have a nice time camping thank you for calling me and telling me you're all right you're welcome. You can thank Gary for that. He was just asking about you. Well, 
tell Gary that I'm glad he's helping you settle in. I will. All right. Well, I'm glad you don't hate me now. Felicity, I could never hate you. I'm your mom. Well, yeah. Listen, I know, I know it hasn't always been easy for us, but you and me, we're always going to be good. Sweet. Okay. I was a little nervous there. I guess I'll see you at home in, in a little while. We're going to go, uh, we're going to go have some dinner now. All right. Well, I hope it's good. I hope it's good too. Okay. Goodbye, mom. I love you. Bye, Felicity. I love you too, sweetheart. She hangs up. You see her, Gary, over on the driver's side. Oh, it's beautiful. I am. I was very good. I had a feeling that you had a great connection. And, oh, boy. Can't wait to hug me, boy. And oh. off. <laughs> you see Damien fly off the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delightful. You guys pull up to Gary's house. It's a little... Well, I shouldn't say little. It's actually a fairly large log cabin style place. The doors are taller than you would expect a normal house to have. And there's a pile of firewood outside with a little chopping block and an axe. They have a wood stove inside. There are some boats, canoes, kayaks, that sort of thing on a rack outside the house. There's a chimney with a little smoke drifting out the top of it. It's a very quaint little woodsy cottage. As everyone gets out of Gary's truck, we leave that scene for now and check in with our friend across the waters, Agent Whitaker. You are in the small pub with Agents Ross and Spiegel, having just thrown up the steak dinner that they bought you. He ran to the bathroom first. It's like fine. It's like, yeah. it's not a mess. He's, when he gets sick, he gets sick in a polite way that doesn't bother <laughs> anyone. Doesn't inconvenience anyone. He comes back to the table where we fucking followed. He's like looking around the pub. Is there anyone else in the pub right now? Apart from like the staff. There's a few fishermen, you know, with the like beanie hats and big thick coats for being out on the water. They're sitting over at the table. There's a couple sitting at the bar. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a pub. It's a small village pub. So there's maybe a dozen people total in the place. But Ross gestures for you to like sit down, keep your voice down. She mm-hmm. says, Whitaker, you look paler than me. No one followed us. We have been on the water all day. We would have seen them. I know, which is why I'm afraid to right now. I, I, I can't be with you. I can't do this to you guys. Um, you should probably get on with wherever you're going. And I, I don't think I can stay with you guys. This isn't really. Uh, he's just kind of all over the place. It's... Stammering, yeah. Max says, Ricker. We're not going to leave you in a foreign country without backup. It's not foreign to me. Well, you know, you haven't been here in a while, and you just confessed to me that you've been expatriated. It's, yeah, okay, well, yeah, not quite the whole story. There was someone here who I honestly had hoped they'd forgotten about me at this point, but it looks like they know I'm here, and I don't want you to get roped up into what into whatever whatever's about to happen. They exchange a look and Ross speaks up. Whitaker, we're not staying long. If you're scared of someone following you, you're honestly better off coming with us because we're on the move pretty constantly. And normally I would agree with you, but the fact that they know I'm here bothers me incredibly. I 
I only just got here. I don't know how they could possibly know I'm here right now. Mac is scratching his little bit of stubble beard, and he says, They know you're here? Whitaker, we should be the only two folks who know where you are on the planet. What are you talking about? How would they know? They just fucking texted me. I don't know. Hmm. There's no... Actually, I know what I can do. Ross rolls a mixed success on reading this bad situation. Uh, So I don't think she picks up entirely the full details of it, but she does, in a very low voice, say, Whitaker, is this really a person you're scared of? Um, yeah. I didn't think I would be, but, um, yeah. And they're the sort of person to know when you arrive suddenly and without warning in a place halfway across the world? When I said I left England under grisly circumstances, they were the grisly circumstances. Hold on, we can't let them get you, can we? I don't want you fighting this battle for me. Not when you're already doing something on your own. I'm happy to be with you all, and I'm glad I'm not here on my own. I don't know how far I want to take you on this, but if you're certain, I suppose I can't shake you. I don't know that you could have gotten any luckier than winding up in our lap when you've got somebody tailing you. He looks over at Ross, and she finishes the coffee she's been drinking. She adjusts the belt that's keeping her giant sword on her back. <laughs> I might need you for my thing anyway. If I've got to keep you alive, it's not really a chore. If you can keep that absolute eyesore of a weapon in between me and me in this grisly circumstance, I will I'll be on my knees for you, Ross. She nods and turns to go pay the bill up at the cash register. And Max slides out of the booth, puts his coat back on, and he says, Whitaker, not to downplay your particular situation, but Grizzly's circumstance would be putting it lightly for what we're about to head into. Wonderful. I could use a distraction. <laughs> Helping other people with their problems. Best way to forget about your own for a while. Is there literally anything you could tell me to prepare me for whatever we're about to do? He is waving to the server, who's like thanking you for coming and stuff as you step outside. And once you're out of the bar and you head over to the car that Ross says, uh, actually, no, they wouldn't need a car because you're just going to take the boat again. So she's heading back towards the dock and you and Mac are kind of following behind. You ever read the agency manual on dealing with giants? Six years ago, I did. So, yes, <laughs> don't remember much. Well, and you probably haven't read the most recent edition, and you might recognize the authors. And you guys head back to Mac and Hillary's speedboat. Fascinating. You'll jump back to the home of Gary Auburn, and Gary, once he gets out of the truck, takes his hat and gloves and sets them on the car seat and stands up to his full Sasquatch height. Now he is this six foot tall, hairy beastman, and he stretches. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, one of these days I'm gonna go see that chiropractor, I swear. Well, welcome to me humble home, everybody. I'm gonna go tell the missus that you're here and have her prep for having y'all inside. Give me just a minute. And he 
walks up the little porch, opens the door. You hear greetings from inside the house. It's like, oh, my dear Vivian, and rushes in. He doesn't close the door. And while you hear him sort of talking inside, Danny runs out onto the porch and he's got a little action figure and like a pillowcase tied around his neck. And he says, Mr. Hugo, you came for dinner. Hugo immediately puts a finger to his mouth and has his fingers go back and forth between his eyes and Danny's eyes. In like a don't tell anyone you know me? Yep. You weren't supposed to be in the town area. I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) He and covers his mouth with his little dog paw. And he says, I mean, visitors, it's nice to meet you all. I'm Danny. Hello. Hello, Danny. For everyone who hasn't met Danny, he is this adorable little what a workshop. <laughs> you know, perfect recreation of what a dog boy should look like. And he's very cute and seems very excited to see you all. He will run over to you, Felicity. And he says, wow. Your hair is really curly. That's really cool. My name's Danny. When when he says that, Ghosty pops up from like the top of my hair. He comes mm-hmm. out of his little nest that he built in there. And I'm like, yep, I gotta I gotta keep him warm somehow. Whoa, that's a good idea. What's his name? This is Ghosty. And then I'm gonna uh, Tom is gonna flutter on over. And this is Tom. And they're my friends. Wow. We are nature sprites. And he holds up his little action figure. He's like, this is Captain Universe. He's the best hero in the world. Really? Wow. I would love to, I would love to hear more about Captain Universe. Do you want to play with Ghosty and Tom for a little bit? You see his pupils like dilate. He's like, oh, can I really? Yeah. She asks Ghosty and Tom. Do you guys want to go play with Danny? They seem perfectly happy to leap onto his shoulders. Yay! <laughs> yeah, you can hang out with them for a little while. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna show you where I keep all my walks and pine cones and other secret treasures that I find in the woods. Now you see Ghosty's eyes get a little bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so they rush off to, you can see there's like a little tarp as a lean-to up against a tree and obviously little kids' toys and things all around it. He's got like a little backyard tent fort that he gets to play in. Raven's going to reach back into her hood and pull out Windy and set him on the ground and give him a little like pat on the butt like, go ahead, you can go play too. It's a play date. We're having a play date for all of our nature spirits. Be nice to him, all right? And she'll like push him to go. (laughs) Windy scratches one of their rabbit ears with their big back hind leg that has this slight deer hoof to it on top of being like a big rabbit's foreleg. And they look over at Danny look around they're in like this new place because they've been napping in your coat and they pop off after him to follow him coming out the door of the little cabin that is gary's home is a tall lady she's got a cozy little apron on and a pink dress with like a little white collar and little white polka dots all over it it has a little white collar and some white lace at the hemline just past her knees. And the collar actually forms a sort of backless halter dress style. And you see why this interesting fashion is necessary. Her arms and hands, which are covered in dark brown fur, are a little elongated and have a membrane which stretches the length of her arms and between some of her fingers. In fact, she might have an extra digit or two on each hand. 
She has a huge pair of ears that point forward and more brown fur on her fox-like face. And she has big brown eyes with large pupils. And you can see a small pair of fangs in her mouth when she opens it to yell out at Danny. Danny, I told you, do not go playing in that fort again. You're going to get all dirty before dinner. Ugh, I swear. Oh, hi, everyone. My name is Vivian. It's nice to meet y'all. And you are looking at Bat Squatch. Felicity's just like... <laughs> You're, you're so cool. Well, thank you. It's nice to make your acquaintance. I'm Felicity. Your son is playing with my friends, Ghosty and Tom. They're little, uh, little forest spirits. I hope that's okay. I didn't ask first. I should ask No, that's, first. that's fine. Trying to wrangle that boy is going to put me in my early grave. No, he'll be fine. Dog so, squashes, am I right? I know. I know. Lesson, but also... A headache sometimes. Well, come on in, come on in, get comfy. I've got some, uh, got some stew on the on the stove. I'm sure you've been eating trail mix all day. Are you a are you a shoes on or shoes off house? This is all you can just kick them right there on the little rack we've got set up. There's like Thank a scraping you. tool to wipe the mud off on your boots and leave them on the porch. <laughs> Here, Gary from inside. What be wrong with trail mix, lady? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a full meal, Gary. I don't know what to tell you about it, but you're all welcomed into. Gary and Vivian's house. Again, it's log cabin aesthetic. It's very neat and clean, but a little unfinished in terms of the walls and whatnot. You can see the rafters of the roof are all exposed and it's this nice knotted dark pine wood. And the smell of the food is amazing. Vivian is clearly a very good cook. I have a weird question. I don't know if this applies here, but it's kind of just self-indulgent i have a thing whenever i see a new type of creature i can ask and investigate a mystery question can i ask what sort of creature is it about both danny and vivian i just want to know more about what they are like raven looking at them and analyzing them if there's any like cool things she can kind of like figure like can she tell a vivian can actually fly or any little details about them just looking at them trying to piece it together Basically what you're piecing together, because you would know this, having looked into all sorts of cryptids across the United States, there is a squatch, quote unquote, for any sort of animal anyone can think up. And Sasquatch, as Gary is colloquially known, seems to be some sort of ape hybrid. He's got a little bit of like maybe orangutan or like you know, gorilla. Something about him is a little more ape human Whereas Danny is obviously dog-human, Vivian is bat-human. And it seems that they are just this type of supernatural species that live and have very human personalities and, and natures, but clearly don't look human. And so they have to hide away and dodge pesky photographers and hiking trails and things like that. Gary but honestly has like landed a very sweet deal where he can deflect all of that attention that normally he would have to worry about a lot to a different sort of cryptid that is less likely to be discovered. I think Raven is also fascinated and a little baffled, but also would never dare to ask how a Sasquatch and a Bat Squatch made a Dog Squatch. Like the math yeah. and the biology isn't adding up, but she loves them so much that she's like, well, okay. Your best guess would be that it's not a thing that you could explain with genetics. It's sort of just... They had a kid, he's a dog squatch. If they had another kid, it might be a sheep squatch or, you know, okay. some other animal. Like, it seems not tied to their yeah. genetics. It's because they're magical. It's just sort of whatever. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. On the road back, 
I won't have Damien call. I'll have Damien just text. You could call Whitaker now before you go in the house as like everyone else is sort of excited to meet Vivian and Danny and but you're oh, like no, he on was mission. Call the agency headquarters itself right. to report that Whitaker is MIA, that people are close to discovering things and to see how what they would let him get away with to put a stop I mean, to Damien, don't tell him that looks bad on my record. Oh man. <laughs> Do whatever you want. So you're gonna call the agency? Yes. Ring, ring, ring. Hear a voice on the other line. You actually kind of recognize it. Hi? Uh, yeah? This is the EC Agency Call Center. What can I do for you? Hi, this is Agent Damien Edgecrest. How are you? Oh, no. Uh, this is Ernie. Hi, oh, Damien. Hi, Ernie. How you doing? Uh, what's what's the matter? What's wrong? Whitaker. You know Lonnie Whitaker, right? Yeah, I know Whitaker. Yeah, well, he's missing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, okay. But I think we've got we've got that part under control. What if he's missing? How is it under control? Uh, you know, honestly, it's not my department that's working on getting him back. So okay, well, it is my department. So if you work. could just yeah. So the issue is that since I don't have Whitaker, I sort of have lost my supervision. So it looks like the the secret we're trying to keep hidden, the cat we're trying to keep in the bag looks like close to being discovered so i don't know what we're allowed to do or not do if i capture them can you wipe memories uh is it because i'm just i'm not gonna be able to convince them to leave this cat in the bag well we certainly can't wipe people's memories i don't know where you heard that that's not real that's not a thing a lot of things are real that's not one of them also capture them we don't usually arrest people because we have nowhere to put them and then if we arrest them we have to explain why and that would involve telling them the secret and that sort of defeats the whole point of detaining them so we can't do that either Mm-hmm. and I can't kill them how many can I hire for the Eastie agency because some of them are just going to need to learn more about this cat and there's not much we can do to stop them I mean there's plenty I can do to stop them I just mean like allowed to do uh, don't kill anyone. Listen, I understand you have a very hard job, and this is clearly not making my job easy either. I'm going to get a manager. Just hang on. And he puts you on hold, basically. <laughs> and after a few moments, you hear the line pick up again, and you hear, Yes, what can I do for you? Hi, uh, this is Agent Damien Edgecrest, and my reporting agent is missing we're working on getting him back but in the meantime uh it looks like the cat we're trying to keep in the bag is being investigated rather closely and it doesn't seem like i'm authorized to use any force to stop them from investigating the cat in the bag so i was curious what other options were available well agent you will need to think outside the box and get creative with your solutions i can say that often distractions are the best however if that's not allowed or you find yourself incapable of performing your duties, then we would advise you to leave the field, and we will submit a reassignment and send more experienced and capable agents in your place. You are allowed to do anything that will not trace back directly to the agency. If a device or property of some citizen is threatening to expose the world of the supernatural, you have Easty agency clearance to put a stop to it. Seizure if you must. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, well, that takes care of that. I will be off. Uh, that 
that was great news. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I will. Carry on, Agent. You too, Agent. All right, hang up. Ugh, I gotta go ugh, wreck a boat. Um, <laughs> sorry if I skipped dinner. Is that rude? I know people like to but dinner. Damien, everyone is here. Yeah, I, I get that. And you're doing the social meal thing. And that's that's awesome. But I'm hired and I'm on a mission. And I've already messed up by losing my superior agent and sort of reporting that he was missing. So I, I just really am trying to do a good job at this. But where are you, where are you going? Something with those scientists. I figure if I break enough of their stuff, they can't go monster hunting anymore. Do you have a plan? Because if you, if you just destroy all their stuff outright, they're gonna know it was sabotage. Like you can't. We I'll call the police and then yeah. you have that to deal with. I, I'm just, are we, are we discussing this in front of Vivian? I know Danny's kind of run off. She's like afraid to talk about this in front of the child. Vivian is Gary's at the stove. Way. She's getting the stew ready, but. Okay. I just, uh, Raven's going to kind of lower her voice a little bit and she's going to be like, I know these guys seem really nice, but I think they're kind of dangerous. I don't know. I got some really bad vibes. Like they are not afraid to pull out the big guns. Kind of literally. They've got some really sketchy stuff on that boat that one of them seemed a little too trigger happy to pull out. What kind of toys do they have? Did you see it too, Aiden? There was definitely one that, well, there was, first of all, there was the one that was like the sonic thing that they put in the water that supposedly doesn't hurt the animals, but definitely probably does. And then there was one that kind of looked like a rocket launcher. I've never actually seen one in real life, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was like a rocket launcher. I know what I'm doing today. No. Damien, you can't blow up the boat. That's more attention. You can sink it. I'll be stealthy. There won't be people on it. But they're gonna know. We had such a bad time today. God, that was still today. Oh, and one of them is convinced that there's a sea monster out there. If we just destroy all their stuff, they're gonna know. They're gonna look to us. They're gonna know it was sabotage. And I don't want any of us getting in trouble because then that holds us back from getting Whitaker back. We and have so to do something else to get rid of them. Even if it's just taking away their weapons. Like, isn't this like a, I don't want to say national park because that's not, like, there's got to be rules. You can't, there's no hunting. You can't have rocket launchers here. I mean, I could steal stuff. I'm pretty good at that. They'll still know. One of them seemed way, like I said, way too trigger happy. He, the second he gets on his boat, he's going to know that it's missing. Is there anyone we can call and like report them? Like these people are on a family campground with huge weapons on their boat. Raven's going to look to Gary and be like, is that you? Is that your higher ups? There's got to be something. Well, that team is staying here, but their boat is technically using the marina as a port. So they must have gotten their stuff cleared when they came into Canadian waters. And you're right. It's very strange that they'd be outfitted like that. But how in the world did they get approved? Well, like I said, Mr. Blake, he's a very accomplished traveler. And there are pirates in the modern day. And he might just have had some bad rodents in his time. 
I wonder if he bribed someone, you know, to look the other way. Oh, quite possibly. Yeah. There's no way that's allowed. If you had seen it, Gary, it was ridiculous. It looked like I'm, something out I'm of upset a movie. hearing about it now, Miss Eugenia. <laughs> I, I agree. Shouldn't need any sort of rocket launcher to go looking for all with a top. No. Maybe, maybe, Damien, you could try and slip into the container and like jam it up so we know they can't use it. It wouldn't be obvious sabotage because there's no way a normal person could do that. But it just wouldn't work if they get scared and try to use it. I don't think we should outright destroy anything, but I think we can start poking little holes in their equipment. You would remember, Raven, that even though that one member of the team, Cook, went to go pull it out when there was like a whale that was seemingly attacking the boat, ostensibly the mission parameters for them are to find the creature and tag it. They're not looking to like go blow up the only evidence they'll have that this thing exists. So it's not so much that they're using it on the creature they're trying to find, but you're right that it is odd they would be armed to the teeth like that for a research voyage. Yeah. It just makes me think that they have some underlying nefarious purposes here. While you all sit with that thought, Vivian comes over to the doorway, Damien, where you're still standing, maybe about to leave. And she says, well, listen, you can't go anywhere on an empty stomach. Why don't you sit down and have dinner with us first? Then you can mosey on off, do whatever you're going to do. Sounds like y'all have had a hard day. Oh, ma'am, you are so kind. I'm sorry, my name is... Damien, uh, I'm a demon, so I don't really eat, but that's so kind of you to offer. Um, I was gonna go cause a responsible amount of mischief in the world. Sorry, I can't stand on the clock. She frowns a little, looks over at Gary. Darling, were you about to bring a demon to our table? He's a good one, he's a good one. Gary is just like, seems like an all right fellow to me, I didn't know. Aiden just has her head in her hands, like sitting at the table, like, you can just eat it. You don't have to... God, why do you have to be so impolite? But yeah, Vivian's a little more standoffish to you now, Damien. She says, All right, well, if you got a mosey, you best get to it then, Mr. Edgecrest. And she starts serving everybody else bowls of stew. She calls again outside. Danny, get your butt back in here, I swear! <laughs> and Danny shows up. He's got Ghosty in his little t-shirt pocket. And Tom is flopped on his head. Mom, Mom! I've been playing with the nature sprites. They know so much about walks. I am so happy that he looks like they like you a lot. Which is, I'm going to lean down real close to him and say, which is really good because they eat the eyeballs out of the people that they don't like. (gasps) Wow, that's wild. I know, but that means they like you. Danny goes and scurries up to sit in his little booster seat at the table. (laughs) Does Wendy come back inside with them? There is an open window, and Mm -hmm. Wendy doesn't come hopping up the steps to sit with, or to follow Danny. There's just a breeze through the window, and suddenly you feel a little thing scampering around your feet. And you see Wendy is down there. Okay, good. So give him a little pet. They seem, like, playing with Danny for them was not the most interesting <laughs> you know they're just sort of like okay i play with that kid i don't know understandable yeah so you guys have a nice lovely dinner of stew damon do you then immediately head out is that what i'm getting yeah he doesn't eat and he's on mission mode does anyone have anything they want to discuss at dinner otherwise i'm going to follow damien on his subterfuge mission 
before Damien leaves, Raven will just tell him to text the group if he needs anything or has any questions or isn't sure about anything. Like, just stay in touch, please. Oh, absolutely. I can text pictures along the way. That sounds a lot like sending a bunch of evidence of your crimes to all of us. So maybe don't do that, but just keep us updated and let us know if you get into any trouble if you need any help, okay? Sounds good. And maybe don't do crime. Uh, I like your use of maybe. That sounds great. I know you're gonna, so... (laughs) They'll be safe. At this point, Hugo, Danny sits next to you. He's like, Mr. Hugo, sit next to me. I mean, it like covers his mouth again. (laughs) Vivian is like, Danny, how do you know Mr. Hugo? Um, well, and she's like, you went down the trail again, didn't you? Just a little. I wasn't in the camp for very long. Danny, you can't be down at the camp. Gary. And you see Gary is like reading the paper. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) what? Oh, listen, Boyle, you can't be going down there until we figure out a way to make you a little less inconspicuous for the normal humans. This is a special treat having these folks up here. They're sort of weird, like us. And Danny is just like, I know, but they always bring good snacks. And Mr. Hugo's were really good. Vivian is now looking at you, Hugo, like, he took your food? I'm so sorry. Uh, How much was it? Don't worry about it. it. It was just some jerky and some trail mix. Not a proper meal, as you'd say. Well, let's call this even. And she kind of scoots your bowl of stew closer to you. (laughs) This is fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now that Danny's secret is out in the open, he's just drilling you for questions. What did you have to go back for? Was it dangerous? Did you have fun? Was it a good time, Mr. Hugo? What happened after I said goodbye? See, he's trying to bounce his head. What type of stuff is okay to tell a kid of this really young age? Danny's like seven years old. Uh, Fred needed some help, so I went and helped him. Just like Mr. Universe. Probably not as cool as Mr. Universe, but... Do you have a hero name, Mr. Hugo? And he leans and goes, that is my hero name. Oh my gosh. You guys have a lovely dinner with the Squatches. It's too wholesome. I just want to roleplay this forever. Damien, you head back to campsite proper. It actually takes you a little while to get back because as you try to leave the Sasquatch home, you find yourself flying back towards it several times. It takes you a couple times to realize like, oh, they've got a they've got a thing. And then you actually focus and you're able to leave and get back to the unveiled portion of the forest and the way back to camp. What are you doing once you return there? He is going to look for their campsite. They are in the moose cabin. He would go fly around and investigate the moose cabin. They seem to be either on their computers working. Beverly is talking to Alice and helping her come up with a composite of what the creature might look like. And so they're discussing, oh, how would it evolve? They're going over the evidence they have so far which is Beverly's first-hand account and Alice's expertise into how marine animals function and diversify. And what's their boat looking like? If you swoop by the boat, you can see Richards is in the wheelhouse. He seems to be just listening to a radio. 
Uh, Damien will hang out in a tree and just observe for now. Do you want to investigate a mystery? Oh, that would be perfect. A12. Oh, that's a lot of questions. What is being concealed here? You don't see Pike or Cook hanging around the cabin. I think the cabin and the boat are the only spots I would know to look. Yeah. Do you want to look around the campsite like in general until you find them? Well, yeah. The second question is, where did it go? All right. Perfect. So not seeing the leader of the expedition and his, quote, right-hand man, you then take off to try and find them. It is getting dark, so you might have to shift into like an owl or something or just <laughs> look in places where there is light to find them or just listen very attently to try and hear their voices. Eventually, you find them in one of the picnic area gazebos. They just seem to be sitting there talking. And Pike is saying, we never should have brought those civilians. God, I can't believe we lost that guy. This is going to be a nightmare. Cook says, well, they wanted to come. Can't help it if they went overboard. And Pike is like, fucking orcas, man. What was it doing there? And then that other thing that was bumping the boat, I never thought we would actually find anything on this job, but Beverly's convinced now and I trust her, so something's out there. Cook says, Well, what do you think we're gonna do about it then? Pike is quiet for a little while. We're gonna catch the thing. And then? I suppose it depends how hard it is to catch. And Cook nods. What sort of money do you think we get for it? And Pike says, Less if it's dead. All the money comes from the press tour afterwards. So we want to avoid that. And Cook nods. He says, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, how are we getting paid for this gig? I know that scientist has grant money, but that ain't enough to cover our usual fee. Pike just flicks his cigarette away. He says, don't worry about it, Cook. I got everything covered. And he heads back towards their cabin. Third question, what kind of creature are they? You've not seen anything to indicate that they're not humans. Perfect. Damien will fly around while I brainstorm his shenanigan. When you guys finish dinner, is there anything you want to do or ask Gary and Vivian? You still have a potential ritual to prepare for and a plan to come up with for the next day when you gather or when you assume that the research team is going to go out again. Hey, Gary. Yes, what can I help you with? How often... I understand that the Wolita creatures are here every now and then, right? Oh, yeah. They come by every couple of years. How long do they normally stay? Well, usually through the season. And then they... Ozy away before the end of autumn. Okay. Huh. I'd imagine it takes that long for the baby to get strong enough to face the open waters of the oceans. Should have how much time we need to buy if we can't dissuade them entirely. I think discouraging them would be your best bet. I'm not sure how you go about doing it. I've watched enough episodes of Scooby-Doo to know that it's not that easy. Yeah, that show's very unrealistic. Those kids have no backup and they go into those dangerous places. I mean, structural damage alone should have knocked them out every once in a while. Well, one of them is rich, though, so... How money will get you for? 
also most of the villains they're fighting against most of the monsters usually just end up being angry old dudes in a mask vivian only it were that easy for us vivian has some brownies that she made and then she puts them on the table in front of you raven she says you know angry old fellows in masks it's one of the biggest problems with this world especially if they got money see the weird thing is that right now we are essentially those angry old people in masks and they're the rambunctious kids that will stop at nothing to figure out what they need to figure out oh my god you're right except i'd like to think that we're not that eh? i mean we have good intentions we're not just being grumpy old men in masks to scare the curious kids away get off our lawns it's don't hurt the real creature that exists. It's it's weird to not be the group of rambunctious teens getting ourselves into trouble for once. Life can get pretty complicated, this side of the veil. Yeah, you're telling us. Also, Raven is devouring those brownies. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. They have little um, like butterscotch chips in them. Oh, God. I would kill someone for a freshly baked brownie right now (laughs) oh man there's there's an unopened box of brownie mix in my cabinet right now and i am strongly debating if you see this zoom background change you know what's happening anybody else closely you got any more questions or um none that i feel are important enough for me to actually ask (laughs) it's mostly about asking vivian what life is like as a bat so I feel like... Well, you, you can ask her. Okay, let's do it. Hey, um, Vivian. Yeah, what's up, sweetheart? Is it totally rude of me to ask maybe some personal questions? Well, we have just met, but you are our guest, and I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. I'm picking up that y'all have not been at this very long. No. Well, I have, I've had Ghosty and Tom since I was really, really little. But uh, this whole other people being in on it with me kind of a thing, that's new. Um, Question number one, do you see? Can you see? Or do you use echolocation? Oh, I see where you're at. Yeah, no, that's a myth. I am, in fact, a bat squatch, but bats can see. They just don't have the best vision adapted for nighttime, and so that's why they've evolved to use echolocation. But can you use echolocation? You see she grins and the corner of her mouth opens a little bit and she says, you've got like a dollar fifty-three and change in your pocket. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> so cool! Number two, can you fly? Oh yeah, if I need to. Don't have much reason to fly on the day-to-day, though, unless I'm rushing after Danny or trying to catch dinner or something. Gary, are you jealous of that? Your wife can fly. There's a reason I named my boat after her. She's a real beauty. And he reaches up and kisses her cheek. Oh, <laughs> Where did you guys meet? Is there, like, a social for Squatch people? Or... OnlySquatches.com? <laughs> OnlySquatches <laughs> fucking... Oh, my God. <laughs> We're just no. gonna um, ring Plenty Natalie of squat? for all Plenty of, of squat. the <laughs> all the lore she didn't come up with. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do tonight. She says, "Well, I was at this festival, and I saw Gary there. He was building 
it's this thing where they build something every year and then burn it down. And Gary was on the crew <laughs> working to build that. And Funny story that. Throwback to the last episode. <laughs> and he was just real handy and friendly. And he was I mean, he was he was handy, was he? Well, he just knew how to put together all sorts of you know structure, and he was helping them with all their tool needs and that sort of thing. Came real prepared. I was honestly impressed. It's a lot to haul down, you know, to the middle of nowhere just to build a thing and then burn it to the ground. But yeah, I mean, you know, they say love is at first sight, but I honestly believe it's something that you sort of you have attraction at first sight, and then when you really get to know someone as like a person, that's when you fall in love. And it didn't take long. I think there's love at first sight because my girlfriend, when I met her the first time, there was this weird draw and I just had to be, I had to be near her. And now she's mine forever or I'm hers forever, I guess. I forget how she worded it. Well, I wish you the best with that. She sounds lovely. She's great. She has deer antlers. Vivian's ears twitch a little. And she looks at Gary, and he just kind of shrugs, like, I don't want to tell you, they're, they're oddballs. <laughs> <laughs> Are you dating a deer squatch, Felicity? Um, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. That would have been strange. That would have been strange, wouldn't it? Can, can squatch Nothing people... Nothing wrong with it. I, don't, I, don't I was going to say, can squatch people date regular people? Do you guys live, yeah. like, a million years or something? No, we live pretty average lifespans. Mm. You can Very see cool. on the mantle of this little cabin space, there are pictures of other Squatch people at family cookouts and reunions. And you oh can see God. like a picture of young Gary and Vivian, probably when they were first dating with like backpacks on going hiking and like posing oh, in front of I rocks. That's so cute. <laughs> There's a lot of pictures of them with like a moose squatch who seems to be like an old buddy of theirs with like a like a Echo Bay shirt on. Like he used to maybe work there but then moved somewhere else. That's that's so cool. Um maybe I'll have to bring my girlfriend up here to uh to meet you. I would love to come and visit you guys after we leave. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, it's not often we get many visitors. Yeah, it must does it um does it get lonely all by yourself up here? Well, we call family and friends, and they come over every once in a while. But as you can imagine, it's got to be a careful thing that we do for, like, special events, birthdays, holidays, whatnot. Mm. We love it out here. I mean, connecting with nature, just sort of that quiet of the forest. It's nothing better than that. What kind of squatches are your parents? My mom, she was a falcon squatch. And then my father, he was a goat squatch of a scraggly kind of guy but uh, so falcon plus goat equals bat bat plus ape equals dog oh, it's not anything you should try to wrap your noodle around it's, it's oh sort so of it a, just it they just pop out whatever they want to be yeah we just have sort of happened that way That's my parents so both cool. love really high places that's where they met my dad was on top of a mountain and he was like gosh i love the view from up here and then my mom was even higher than him. He was like, wow, how could I not fall in love? That's so cute. I wish I could learn everything about 
Sasquatch families or Squatch families, I guess. But we do have a very important mission we have to go on. I would love to come back and chat. This was awesome. I've gained a lot of knowledge from you guys and I want to be friends with all of the Sasquatch people now. They seem pretty cool. Hey, Aiden. When you call her name, she does that like start thing where like she's been a little zoned out. Yeah, what? This thing we have to do, right? Mm -hmm. Do we need like a lot of space for it? No, I don't think so. No, it's kind of like a subtle thing. It might not be subtle, but you don't need a lot of space. Hmm. When are we gonna do it? What do we have to, what do we gotta do for it? Well, I figured we wait till morning since it's been a very long, stressful day and you all should sleep. Because I was thinking, instead of doing it in such a place with a lot of people around, like the campground, it would be kind of cool to ask Gary if we could come up here to do it, because he said a lot of people don't make it up here and it's pretty well hidden and that you can get lost, so we probably wouldn't, nobody would see us doing the big magical stuff. Would you all like to spend the night then? I would love nothing more. No sense in me driving you back tonight if you're just going to want to come back here in the morning to do some magic. That's true. We've got a guest room. We can set y'all up. I'm sure we've got enough spare pajamas for y'all to change into so you don't have to sleep in your clothes. Vivian, you are an angel. And I mean well, that. Well, she looks over at Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that knowing an actual angel. Oh, well, you are just too sweet. Is there any of our stuff back at the cabin that we need for this ritual? Not that I don't, but I am very happy to spend the night here. I just want to make sure we're not forgetting anything. So, table talk. This is Natalie, your keeper, talking to you all. I was going to let you guys figure out what was required for a ritual to unlock these abilities Aiden has kept under wraps for a long time. So... Let's talk about that. What do you think you would need? I don't Remember know the magic that I... this world doesn't have any like hard and fast rules. So anything you suggest, we can decide what makes yeah. the most sense. For some reason, I feel like we should do it outside. I think we should do it outside too. It, it feels like a like just a little ways away from the house. I don't know. I feel like we need to be outdoors for it. Yeah, um, Aiden's always been about nature and just yeah you know, natural stuff. So so is this. I'm kind of thinking of it like how we brought back Damien being in that kind of similar vein. Aiden's with us, so we're not bringing her back from anywhere, but we're... We're bringing something back of Aiden. Yeah, because we're trying to unlock something within her. Should it be kind of a similar style of things that Aiden relates to? And like surrounding her with like the essence of Aiden... Yeah, you could do that... you could do something like that. I mean, you are trying to help her reconnect and fix a connection to her power that she broke voluntarily. Gary, do you have any candles? We got plenty of candles. What side are you looking for? We just need maybe a bunch of them, I think. Mm, we've got a bunch of tea candles we put out for holiday parties, that sort of thing. Perfect. If they've got any that are in like glass containers, since we're going to be outside to try and block the wind a little bit, maybe... Vivian has an endless supply of mason jars. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you see, she does Perfect. a lot of canning and jarring. and They have a pretty big garden here because they don't 
go to like a grocery store really they're they're kind of off the grid subsistence farming here with a little bit of like extra income and like delivery stuff they can get to this do they have like through gary's salary they have like a pretty flower section of their garden or is it all that's what i was thinking edible stuff it's it's mostly vegetables but vivian has laid it out in a way that that by itself is kind of attractive all the plants are neatly kept and she's mixed herbs in with vegetables to sort of differentiate the different rows so you'll have a basil plant and then a little squash plant and then maybe a strawberry patch and then a trellis with beans and things growing on it it's very english country garden yeah yeah like a greenhouse like they probably actually also have a a simple metal frame plastic greenhouse for warm things that need to be kept really really humid that sort of stuff we should do it in the garden i agree we'll set up some candles in the garden if there's kind of like an open area it's so weird trying to figure out stuff here where when we were bringing back damien we had like we were home and so we had like endless resources and i think we had a little bit of damien like in a yeah a we did have a little container. bit of damien we had I a little think... bit of damien in like a bucket or something yeah oh no it was uh, a it was in a ceramic pot right it was a Bethany ceramic was pot Bethany like, scooped up you like, collected him with that but you didn't it all evaporated i don't think there was any like physical we... part of him left but the little bits of him went into the pot and then disappeared, so we just kept the pot as part of it because yeah. it had, like, residue. Residual Damien. Damien. What, you could say <laughs> there was a focus. Yeah. We need a focus. How about you, Hugo? Have you any ideas on how to improve the efficacy of this witch role you're going to perform? So I guess a question to ask on it is, is the intent to unlock something or to connect something? It's a bit of both I mean, the metaphors are not going to ever quite do it justice but i severed my ability to access that store of power on my own so that's why i can't just reconnect it by myself okay so we don't have to actually break anything or open up anything there's no wards or shieldings or anything we have to deal with yeah it's not protected or or guarded in a way that would be dangerous for any of you that makes it a lot easier. So we just have to find it. Yeah. I kind of feel like we can keep this simple then. Like with bringing back Damien, we needed all of these things, like these material things that represented him. But like we have you, Aiden. We have you here. You are the focus. So we just have to set the vibe <laughs> with some candles and be outside. And maybe we can find a couple other things to really push it. But it will I don't be. think we need to make it super complicated. Here is my idea for how this will look. It will be me, Raven, and Hugo. You don't want me in there. No, I do, actually. Yeah, we do. You'll be good. You do magic. Don't worry about it. So it'll be me, Hugo, sorry, Hugo, and Raven sitting in the garden. And then Aiden can sit in the middle And then we all just kind of put our hands on Aiden a little bit. And then it happens. That's it. (laughs) All right. So there's like a couple steps in the middle there that we need to fill in a little bit. But I think that's a really good start. (laughs) You you draw a circle and then you draw the rest of the owl. (laughs) And that's how it goes. We just think really hard and it works. But I do. Mm, Yes, that's true. 
what do you think magic is? Thinking really hard about stuff. Honestly, it's going to be you lending me your connection to magic to let me stretch out and, and fix what I can't reach anymore on my own. So maybe, maybe like I can keep my tarot cards because they're kind of my like focus. I can keep those with me to kind of give you like a channel. And then I don't know if Felicity really has any physical thing. Maybe we could just have Ghosty and Tom there as support. Just give you all of the outlets that we can. Man, there's a lot of weird metaphors. <laughs> we're opening doors, we're connecting things. Yeah, I think we got this. We're messing with the law of equivalent exchange. <laughs> it's fine. Magic is complicated. Hugo, if you're uncomfortable with being part of this, maybe you can just be there as backup and Felicity and I can try it first. And I think having work... Hugo there is going to give us our best chance at this. Yeah, but if he's, you know, I, I understand if he's nervous about this, if he just wants to be there and the two of us can try it first. It's up to you guys. You see Vivian has her 12 pack of mason jars. So I heard you all right. You want me to put these in my garden? Yes, that would please. be lovely. Okay. You see Gary's rummaging around a junk drawer like, oh, where is that camp later? I seem to always misplace where I put that thing. You go to the garden. You set up for this ritual that you're going to use to try and get Aiden some of her powers back. Are we doing this tonight? I thought that's what you decided. Yeah. I wasn't sure if we were sleeping on it, but honestly, I love the aesthetic of having a whole bunch of candles out in the garden at night and doing this. <laughs> I, like, was, I was hoping I it would great. be at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm it's up to you. If you guys can wait or you can do it after. I realize now that Aiden had said she was going to wait till morning to let you guys rest. So it doesn't. No, nah, we're doing it tonight. I feel like if this is all we need, we can like we might as well. There's okay. no reason to wait. What phase is the moon in? Yeah. <laughs> what did you say, Hugo? Oh no, no. What what Whitaker said? <laughs> what, what what is the moon? We jinxed. What's what phase is the moon? Uh I don't know. Well, well I guess an additional <laughs> question of personality for Aiden. Does she rise with the sun or does she rise with the moon? She is always risen. She doesn't sleep. <laughs> cool. I mean, she is a being of light and moonlight, sunlight, it's all really the same light. Can Raven, if, if Danny is still up, I don't know how late it is at this point. Can Raven talk to Danny and ask if he has any crystals or like shiny rocks or something that he would like to donate? We're just going to borrow them just for this cool thing we're going to do. And then sure. maybe maybe his mom will let him watch through the window. Danny, you look at him and you're like, do you want to help? And he's like, oh, yeah, let me get my special stuff. And he goes to his room and brings down a little wooden box with like a little flip lid lock, sits on the table, opens it, and it's filled with, it's like the most classic little kid special things box. There's like a ticket stub to like a sports game he went to one time. There's a really cool feather in there. There's a little marble rubber ball and a couple actual glass marbles. There's a bit of fool's gold and a little gem of quartz and some other very interesting little precious stones that he's found he says will any of this help yes this is perfect danny thank you so much i promise i will give this stuff back to you it is clearly very very special to you thank you so much for letting us use it you see he puffs his chest out a little bit puts his hands on his hips it's no problem that's why super danny is here to help you she's gonna give like a little high five all right yeah he i love this so much (laughs) 
<laughs> she's gonna very carefully take the box and like close it up and take it with her outside yeah vivian says i think it's time for super danny to get his super shut eye superheroes like, oh, need their rest all right he goes goes to brush his teeth <laughs> Before we do ritual, before we do big magic, I want to cut back over to Whitaker. Hunting giants or some shit? Who knows? Whitaker, you get back in the boat with Ross and Spiegel. They've gotten you a winter coat and a fresh change of clothes, so you're now dry and warm. And it's going to be chilly on the water, but at least you're now dressed for it and not hyperthermic. As they're checking out, paying the, the dock person for the fuel they needed and stuff, Mac calls to you. He's over at a vending machine. Whitaker, are you still swearing off junk food? Yeah, sorry. You sure? Uh, I got some peanut butter crackers. Shit. All right, give me like one. I'll split (laughs) it with you or something. All right. So he gets you a snack because he can tell (laughs) dinner didn't sit right with you. And you get in their boat. You go for a while. And you approach what looks like a cave. It's the wee hours of the morning, because time difference. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Still dark out. Starting to get that pre-dawn light to the sky, so it's not pitch dark and stars, but it's still dark. Is there anything you want to ask Ross about the mission? Because so far, Mac has been the one answering the questions. Right. I'm not sure if I'm shooting in the right place here, but um, after the radio ghost dilemma, you left pretty quickly. Did any of this have anything to do with that? That's exactly why we're here, Whitaker. I thought it might be. What happened? I was fighting with Aiden against that other ghost, and every time one of those arms grabbed us, I can't speak to what she saw, but I was getting some really messed up visions. Whenever something happens to me that's super weird... And she gestures at, like, herself and the sword and, you know, her ghostly makeup and white hair. She's like, I go back to the source first. So that's where we're going. I guess it's it's the only lead I've got. I know we've sort of connected being agents who have a history with a supernatural traumatic event. But we've never really shared the details of it. Mine's kind of embarrassing, honestly. I'm not sure mine isn't. Dare I ask? I think it's going to become clear, but... To sum it up, new agent got into something way over my head, and I guess I'm lucky that I didn't die from it, but I'm not the same. That's what they tell you, isn't it? Oh, you're lucky you made it out alive. Oh, you're lucky you yeah. can still pick up a weapon and fight, and it's like, I mean, yeah, but it still sucks. And they don't really yeah. tell you how to deal with that bit. There's no support for what we go through. You see she glances over at Mac. And he just, he's got one arm on the steering wheel and he holds her hand and kind of squeezes it. She says, I thought I understood this thing, but you brought that group in and now I feel like I'm more lost than when it first got me. What? The group? Did did we have something to do with this? I mean, I figured sort of indirectly. You see, she purses her lips and she pauses for a minute. I don't know if it's my business to tell you. I'm just trying to figure out the thing I'm connected to and how it's all tied up and twisted with whatever else is going on. If it's got any connection with the group, I do feel a little responsible. So um, if there's any way I can help you or talk to them, maybe, just, yeah, let me know. I'm hoping to get some answers from this. 
and then I'll know what, if anything, I have to say to them. How dangerous is what we're about to do? It's hard to say, because the last time I was here, we left and there wasn't anything dangerous left. But you never know. All right. And the speedboat slows down as Mac thralls it down a gear, and you guys are now slowly moving towards this large stone cavern. And you can see, not as many, but there are some of those hexagonal columns of stone that look like they could have naturally grown, but maybe they're not, if you're talking about giants, you know? And you pull in to this cavern. Mac is able to gently ground the boat up onto a shaly little beach within the cave, and you hear the dripping of water condensating and coming down off stalactites. Ross hops over the side of the boat, turns on a flashlight, starts like shining it on the wall. And it looks just like a normal cave formation. There's no signs of any stonework or anything like that. But she takes a amulet out from under the collar of her shirt and shines a light behind it. And it spreads out these glyphs through the light of this crystal that then hit the wall. And you see them start to move and dance across the stone as she moves the light with the amulet until the glyphs catch something and rest, and it's like they sync up with glyphs that were there you couldn't see. And they glow a little. That's fancy. And she turns the flashlight off and puts the amulet back under her collar, and the glyphs on the wall are now still glowing. Max says, Whitaker, and tosses you a, a sidearm, so you've got something. And you guys walk for a little ways into this cavern, following the now illuminated glyphs that almost seem... Like, if you come up to the stone, it's still just stone. There's no carving or anything. But what is causing this glyph to appear seems to be a type of flow of energy. It's almost like looking at water running under a sheet of ice or a pane of glass. So there's movement behind the part of the stone that has the glyph glowing through it. It's all leading inward, down and wrapping and twisting on the walls deeper into this cavern. How... How often have you two had to um, come back to the source? How many times have you done this? Mac is closer to you, so he's the one who answers. He says, Well, we've only been back the one other time, past the first time, so this is our third time here. All right. It's wild, though, right? It's, um, it, it's actually it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I touch him or, or no? Is that not a... Should I not... You see, he just like wipes his hand away on the rock, and oh, like right. it's wet. He's like, it's kind of cold. Yeah, Whitaker. Whitaker just touches the glyphs, like seeing if there's any. They don't any react or texture. anything. It seems yeah. once they are activated by this little rune and a crystal, that they just will light the way for you. Yeah, my gosh, this is a, a lot cooler than my thing, for, for sure. <laughs> for sure. The cavern basically ends and gets to this flat shale wall that the glyphs all condense down to a, a single spot in this area. And Ross waits for you guys to close the distance. She's moving with purpose, so she's doing that thing where she's walking too fast to just let you casually come along with her. But once you get to this wall, she turns to you and says, I know going through things like what you and I have can often make you feel like you're not the same person you were. For me, especially since the ghost at the agency, I'm being reminded of that. She takes the chain with the pendant, undoes it, 
and sets it in a little indent in the wall where all the glyphs are converging. And you hear, and the stone starts to turn and rotate. And it opens up into a larger cavern. And you can see light coming down through little holes. And there's actually a big area of open light towards the center of this large chamber. But the thing you quickly pick up on is the bodies in here. There are massive skeletons wearing old-looking, tattered, decaying armor. Some of it is metal. A lot of it is leather. They are ancient-looking. Some of the skeletons are complete and just lying with weapons scattered on the ground next to them. Stone hammers or clubs. Some of them, the head is a little too far from where the body was. Others, there's an arm that's maybe missing or not close enough to the joint where it should be. But again, so old, so ancient, nothing but bones really, and the hollowed out armor pieces clattered around. Then as you move past these and these big stone columns where a stalactite and stalagmite joined, to support the roof of this underground place. Ross is just calmly walking towards this area that is illuminated from a hole up in the ceiling acting as like a skylight. Is it sunlight or is it like just some strange, not sure what it is light? It was dark when you came in and the light is cool in tone. It's not quite sunlight really. Maybe it's moonlight, but it's, it's very subdued and subtle. And the glyphs, that have that blue, almost water underneath ice color to them. They're giving a very dim light to the whole place, so it's not pitch black, but that's really all there is. It's just these thin veins of rune work throughout the stone, and then that one centralized area where light is coming down from a, a source above. What happened here? Whitaker asks no one in particular. Ross says, it depends when you're asking about. This is the site of Orden's tomb. Did you spell that for me? O-R-D-I-N. Thank you. She says, Fingal's cave is just the entryway to this place. It was an old meeting site for giants long time ago. Sometimes they come back here, but not very often. Again, we've only been here the few times. Mac actually pipes up. He's like, Actually, Law of Averages states we've been rather unlucky having run into a couple of them in the few times we've been here. And he points towards that central area and you see some other giant bodies and these are much fresher. Not fresh within like the last year, but there's still some desiccated flesh on them. Yeah. Rather than just a complete skeleton, they have some bits of organic matter that's holding them a little more together. And they're more mummified versus absolute dust and bones. Gotcha. Your work, I take it? Uh, You see there is actually dark stains of blood around the bodies. It's now very dark brown, but yes. She says, no, not really my work. Whatever the source is, I I take it? Yeah, something like that. You might want to stand back for this part. She reaches back and slings the large sword off her shoulders. Where she's heading is this slightly raised, not quite carved, but a stone dais of a natural formation. And there is a big crack in the ground and her hair starts to move in that banshee sort of way. She has the belts and wrappings on the sword fly off of it with her ghostly telekinesis and they 
wrap up her arms and then goes to put the sword in the crack. Everybody back at Gary's cabin. You are going to perform this ritual. Aiden sits where you tell her to sit. She says, this is new magic for me too. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I know we're doing this to get Whitaker back, but thank you. Just promise us that if you feel something going wrong or we do something that hurts you, that you tell us and we'll stop. You said yourself that you locked this away. And so hopefully you kind of know what to expect when it comes back. So you're really the only one. If you start like screaming and glowing or something, we don't know if that's good or bad. I probably will glow. That just happens when my powers activate. But if I feel like I'm in trouble, I promise I'll tell you. Okay. All right. Good. This isn't the sort of thing I'll just tough out if it goes wrong. So. Well, I know you. So well, just wanted to okay, make sure. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have this little back and forth. Hugo, are you going to be part of it or no? Yeah. Okay. All right. He looks very hesitant about the entire thing. Welcome to Hugo being a character. <laughs> it probably doesn't make Hugo feel any better, but Raven is also pretty hesitant. Though he might be hesitant for a slightly different reason. I am sure, but I don't want you to think that we're jumping right into this with no problems. Raven's very afraid. It's big magic. It's scary. Felicity is jumping right into this with no problem. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no reservations, no hesitation. Nothing can go wrong. Yeah. You light the candles. Vivian makes sure that Danny is at least in the house. She's not going to try and make him go to bed as this is happening. So if you guys look up at his little bedroom window, you can see him with like a big pair of binoculars, like watching from the house. Or, like his bird watching binoculars. Raven's going to wave at him. Gary has a shovel and seems to just be getting some potatoes out of the garden. I'll just be over here if you just need me at all. And Vivian is on the porch. She's just sort of leaning and watching from a distance. Describe your ritual. What do you guys, is, are you going to say words? Are you going to hold hands? What's the move, y'all? I like the idea of all of us putting our hands on Aiden, maybe like one on each shoulder and one on her back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. We have all the candles lit up in a circle. Uh, She's not going to use everything in the box, but I think she'll take like a little piece of quartz and like a couple of the things out and lay them aesthetically around where the candles are and then keep everything else safe in the box. Candles are in a circle. You've got some of Danny's more interesting natural fragments, like the quartz crystal, the feather. Um, Raven's going to take out her tarot deck from her pocket and kind of rest it on her knee. Um, So she'll have one hand on Aiden's shoulder and one just resting on the deck of cards. Wendy is also sitting next to you, Raven. Yeah, and... she she definitely, I think she took Wendy out of her hood and put them to the side. She doesn't want them in her lap for this because she's a little nervous, but she wants them nearby. So, if you put them on the ground, they start to pace around the circle, just looking inward at Aiden. They're little spiny porcupine quills, and a lot of the hair on their body is puffed up. They can sense something big is about to happen, and they're really clued into the amount of magic that's about to be used. So they're just on alert, padding quietly around the the group of you. Ghosty is sitting on Felicity's hand that is resting on uh, Aiden's shoulder, and Tom's just 
fluttering around. I imagine Tom is like empty head, no thoughts, like all the time. Tom is kind of exploring a squash plant that is flowering yes. right now. <laughs> Ghosty is the smart one. Tom is very empty head, no thoughts. Yeah. So easily distracted. He's part insect, part squirrel. What do you yeah. want from him? Yeah. I love it. Does anyone say anything to start or should I just start start describing magic happening? No, Felicity's just going to think about it really hard. Okay. What thought do you actually hold in your mind when you think about this, Felicity? Give Aiden her locked away powers back. That's all I'm thinking. And you're tapping like, into your please. magical source yeah. to do yep. it. Raven, how about you? Right before they start, Raven's going to look at everyone and be like, let's let's just take this slow. Don't jump in and like, let's, let's try and ramp this up into big magic. You know, the four of us all doing magic. I'm just very nervous. I'll stop. <laughs> and then she'll like close her eyes and focus. Okay. And Raven's... I think she's more of, she's not like chanting any, anything in her head or like visualizing specific words. It's more of she's picturing like a door opening and like golden light spilling out from behind it and like a lock breaking apart. It's very, it's very visual. It's really vivid imagery of opening the door, unlocking the power, connecting the things, lots of golden light coming through. <laughs> You're like, let's just take it slow. And close your eyes. You kind of miss Aiden smirking a little bit. Hugo, I don't imagine you're adding anything there. You just are ready to start. Yep. He's just there. Okay. Hands on Aiden. Everybody's giving her their source of magic. Raven, you don't have a lot of time to visualize these concepts before you start to feel the magic kicking in. Similar to how Damien couldn't control how quickly he was siphoning energy away from Felicity, this magic clicks very quickly and starts to ramp up. And Aiden starts to glow very brightly. And you all feel a warmth in your hands as you try to surpass this limit of hers that she's placed on herself by giving her enough magic to break through that barrier. It's not an instant thing. You sit there for a while, but it feels very intense and very powerful right away. There's no slow ramp up, it's just a very involved and intense proceeding the entire time. Maybe four minutes, five minutes in, which feels like a long time when all you're doing there is sitting there with your hands on your friend. You notice that your hair starts to move a little in a breeze. You see little leaves and twigs on the ground outside the circle start to float and hover and swirl around the little circle you've made with the candles and everything. The flames on the candles flicker and are blown by this wind as it starts to pick up. Hugo, your tattoo is glowing all the way up its full length. It's getting to the white hot level of power being drawn upon. Felicity, you feel yourself digging into that well of magic and like how it rushed out of you for Damien, it's now rushing forward, but it doesn't feel like it's depleting at all. All this power you're channeling into Aiden is coming from a source that you feel is almost limitless and you could tap it forever and never run out. Sick. <laughs> yeah. As the magic builds and builds and builds, Aiden starts to become so luminous that it's hard to like see her form. And even as you've got all your eyes closed, that light starts to like shine through your own eyelids a little bit. And you hear Gary off to the side Whoa! You hear him dump over a wheelbarrow and get behind it, his eyes squinting to try and watch what's going on. Vivian rushes inside to go make sure Danny doesn't blind himself by looking at it for too long. 
as you create a miniature sun in between the three of you. Felicity, only you see this next bit. Do you want us to, is it stuff we're not supposed to know? Take the headphones out. Yeah, you, know, you can just, take the headphones out, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can take my headphones off and I'll, I'll just stay oh, watching the zoo. Just, all, right. Put the and then just, all right, everybody, just everybody off, except for Felicity, this is secrets for just her. I will give you like a two thumbs up when it's time to come back. Okay, cool. All right. Have fun. So Felicity, that well of undrainable, unlimited power is rushing through you like a torrent. You feel yourself leave your body like you did when you were searching for Whitaker, but rather than go to somewhere here, you go somewhere else like you do when you have your visions. And you're on a cliffside. There's some seagulls in the sky. It's a little cloudy. It's on the water. You see Aiden is kneeling in the grass on the edge of this cliff. And there are two small stone markers in front of her. She's staring out at the water, but not really seeing anything. She's wearing old Norse-looking clothing, and there's a cloak wrapped tightly around her. Her hair is a little longer. It has several braids and small decorative metal beads in it. Her celestial aura is glowing really brightly, but she looks hollow and empty, and her eyes are very bloodshot. She places a tied bundle of white flowers between the two markers and turns to walk away. With every step she takes, the warm glow fades a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, until she looks like a normal person departing the cliffside. That vision leaves you. So, Felicity has her vision. The rest of you, though, uh, and by the rest of you, I mean Raven, Hugo, and Felicity, suddenly feel that feeling in your stomach like you're falling or going over a hill in a car. You all drop and then are sort of suspended in this space. And there is a very low melody playing around you. And the space you are in is this endless expanse lit by stars and the stuff galaxies are made of. You're not sitting, but in the same place where Aiden would be, there is a figure that is too illuminated from the inside to have features or to be recognizable. It might look like her if it wasn't glowing so brightly or so much so that any distinguishing characteristics are lost to you. It's sitting crouched up with its arms wrapped around its knees and its head down. And you three are floating in this space. You can see you all look like yourselves. There's no magic affecting your appearance here. But this is where you all wind up in the middle of this ritual. Is everyone okay? Are you asking me or them? Uh, them. I'm Raven good. says it out loud. Just checking in. Is ever We're all good? I'm going to go touch her. I'll let you know what happens. Okay. Felicity's going to float down and touch her. The figure slowly lifts its head. There's no recognition in its face. And it says, What are you doing here? So we're friends with Aiden. We came to... She's asked us to come get this power for her. This power she's put away. That's a bad idea. What is the power? It's power. It's her power. Well, she said she can put it away again if she needs to. We got a friend who's in like a different country right now and she's gonna go get him. So she needs this. I'm scared. Don't be scared. 
I'm here. I'm super dope and magical. Raven's gonna go a little bit closer to them. Who are you? They say, I'm... I'm not... I'm not a who. I know who you are. You're Felicity. Yes, hello. Raven and Hugo. They're pointing with one hand, but the other one is like still tightly wrapped around their legs. They're in like the fetal position. So what are you? I'm part of Aiden. Are you the power? They nod. Oh, so we found you. That's what we were trying to do. I don't want to go. Why? What's what's so scary? You got you got us here. Well, make sure you don't do anything too crazy. I'm scared of what it means that I'm needed. Oh yeah. Um, we have a friend, Whitaker. Do you know Whitaker? You know us. There's a little recognition, but you get the sense that they only know you now because you've come to this space. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. So Whitaker, he's a part of our group. And there was this this lake monster who could teleport, and they teleported him really far away. We need to go save our friend, and Aiden can't get there. There's always someone who needs saving. Yeah, but, like, we're close with him. You know, we're buddies. So it's like a special circumstance, and I promise if things get too crazy, we'll let her know, and then she'll be able to lock you away again. I'm not going to lie to you, because I like you. It is a little bit scary out there. But Aiden's got some really powerful buds now who are there to help her. So it's not going to be too bad. They look away from you, Felicity. And they look at you, Hugo, pretty directly, wondering if maybe you have something to contribute to this convincing you guys are trying to do. So Hugo stays where he is still, but makes eye contact and doesn't break eye contact, says Felicity has only explained a part of it. We need your help in the immediate, but there is something more that we need to deal with. Things have been getting progressively worse from sources that Aiden is familiar with. And I know for a fact she wouldn't be having us do this if it wasn't needed. It nods and It doesn't bury its head back against the knees, but it does rest its face so that it only has to look up with its eyes to glance at you all. And it says quietly, I'm scared of losing all of you. And each of you hear that hit your consciousness in a different way. Raven's gonna move a little bit closer and she's gonna say, Aiden is really special to all of us. I think the reason she needs you right now is because she's afraid of losing all of us. And if, if you come with us and you come out and you help Aiden, the chances of her losing any of us go down by a lot. Their shoulders, which are very tight, drop a little bit. And one hand tentatively reaches out towards you, Raven. She's going to move forward and just take their hand in both of her hands if they let her. They grip your hand really tightly. What do you do? squeeze back because they're still on the ground right they're like sitting yeah they're crouched and sitting and you guys are kind of all just floating ethereally in this weird galaxy space yeah she'll she'll pull them up you pull this figure to their feet they reach their hand out to you felicity and pull you in tightly they squeeze your hand back raven 
and they make eye contact again with Hugo. And there's a flash. <sighs> you guys are back in the garden. Aiden is glowing, but now you're able to look at her again. You feel that wind around you is almost a spinning funnel of like a hurricane and it disperses and the leaves and sticks and things fall down in the garden. Aiden, her head tilts forward and she looks up and out past all of you. That gold light is swirling and shining intensely in the irises of her eyes. And she smiles and says, I've got him. She looks at all of you quickly. I'll be back. (laughs) She's gone. Yeah! (laughs) You're welcome. I think we did it, guys. I think we did it too, but where did we go? I don't know. Wasn't that the wildest thing you've ever seen in your whole life? That was so cool. Agent Whitaker, you're here in this cavern with Ross and Spiegel, and a gold light appears behind your shoulder. And Aiden's there. Oh my. Uh. Hey, Whitaker. I came to get you. She gives you a hug. Oh, he returns it wholeheartedly. Thank you for coming to get me. Of course. I had help. This is a bit of a bit of a long travel for you, ain't it? Yeah. Are you are you okay? Is everything okay? She comes away from the hug and you see her hand still has some of that residual gold energy coursing through it, and she shakes it and it goes away. Yeah, I'm uh I'm alright. Did, did anyone get hurt after, after I left? Did the, did the monster hurt anyone? Not yet. So everyone's okay? Yeah, we're fine. We were oh, having... God. We were at Gary's. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I'm glad. You'll like his wife. She's nice. I'd be delighted to meet her. Yeah. You see that her expression is one of, like, excitement and anticipation of, like, I'm here to get you. But as soon as she sees where she is, her expression changes. Ross is about to put that sword in the crack, but she stops and turns, and she's like, It figures you'd show up. Aiden says, Why did you come back here? What? I think think you know why. Aiden steps past you, Whitaker. She's got her hand on your shoulder like, We're about to leave. I, I can't stay. I have to bring him back. And Ross, she's in her ghostly form, so there's a little bit of echo and reverb to it, and she says... So you're just going to leave again? And Aiden's hand slowly comes off your shoulder, Whitaker. Aiden, what's what's going on here? She's about to say something, and Ross plunges the sword into that crack. (laughs) Damien, where are you at right now? Damien has been keeping an eye on the boat where Paul is, I believe, doing maintenance. Yep. I believe I will probably need the key to drive this boat. And Paul seems like the kind of lad who would keep the key on him and not the kind who would just leave it on in the boat because it's convenient. Yeah. I mean, he keeps his keys on him. Yeah, he would. Okay. Is there anyone else around the boat or is it just him by himself? Eventually Cook comes by for a little bit and helps him with some of the preparation and maintenance they're going to need to do to take off Mm -hmm. in the morning to go looking again. But that's it. Okay. 
when Paul is alone, Damien is going to fly down and and walk out to meet him on the boat as just a generic white guy. Okay. He turns from what he's doing when he hears footsteps and he says, uh, who are you? What are you doing on my boat? Oh, I'm the boat inspector. What? Yep. I was wondering if you would, and I'm going to have to use my mind. Are you going to manipulate him? Yep. Perfect. Ten. Yep, boat inspector. I'm going to need you to hand me the keys to your boat and then wait for me on the shore while I take it for a quick spin. He says, why would I give you the keys to my boat? I don't know you from a hole in the ground, which is where I think you should jump into. You passed the boat inspection test, my friend. (laughs) Well played. Your boat's Uh in good hands. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Damien, this crew of researchers have playbooks. So Richards as the wronged is choosing not to fall for your demonic trickery. Let me see your inspection papers. I don't know who you are. Why are we getting inspected here? This is a campsite. What? What? Alice comes running down the docks with Beverly and they are calling to Richards. Paul, Paul, you're never going to believe this. And he is like, hold that thought, asshole. What is it, Alice? She's holding a notebook and waving it in the air. And she says, they knew. They knew about the creature. It's real. And Damien, you see Raven's notebook in Alice Ward's hands. And that is where we'll end the session tonight. I almost I almost brought it with me, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to be too meta. Raven would have no reason to bring it with her. Yeah. Someone would take it. I'm just suspicious because Natalie made me suspicious. But she had no Raven reason to actually in her stuff. Canonically, Raven burns every notebook after writing in it. Are you trying to pull Hugo out of retirement or something? Fucking yeah. knew it. Oh my oh. god. That's what you get. That, that's where we end her. the episode. Natalie, it's 1030. We keep going, but how did Alice Ward get that notebook? You were watching their cabin, not the one everyone moved their stuff into. As long as you learn something, that's a success, right? Yeah. Wow. He doesn't know yet. Raven doesn't know. She feels a disturbance in the force. Yeah. <laughs> I'm angry. Yeah. Why am I angry? I just can... hope that Raven's handwriting and completely indecipherable scribblings slowed them down a little bit, where they can be like, you just think that's what it says. You're holding it upside down. <laughs> it's not her, like, spell book. She would never be idly scribbling in that about... Like, but yeah, no, monsters. it's not your spell yeah. book. You have that with it's you. It's not that one, but it's definitely got some stuff. It might have some sketches of, like, bogologs and stuff in it, but... but... Bogolog? Oh, stop! Oh, no! <laughs> 